0: glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Now let's take a look at this. We're talking about the power of words and faith. We're in Hebrews 11th chapter. Let's read down two, three verses here. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. In other words, we understand it was through faith the worlds were framed by the word of God. God framed the worlds. There was not anything made that was made without words. The words of God was creative power. Now, he hath given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the exceeding great and precious promises. Now, the promises of God is the word of God. That is the word of God, isn't it? In fact, just turn over there to Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. I want you to underline this in your Bible. It's important that you see this. Sometimes I think people think my Bible reads different from theirs. According as his divine power hath given unto us, notice he hath given, not going to, he's already done it, given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. When you gain the knowledge of God, you gain some faith of God. How do you gain that knowledge? Through his word. By hearing his word. Whereby are, by this means, are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Notice it says ye might be. It didn't say that you would be, but you might be. In other words, it, decisions up to you. You can be a partaker of the divine nature. How? Through the exceeding great and precious promises, by believing the word of God. Now these things God has already given, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. In other words, you don't lust and seek after things, you seek the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. But what does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? If I were to tell you I'm going to seek my Bible, what would you think I was going to do? Would you think I was going up in heaven? And see, we got the idea when Jesus said, seek the kingdom, that we're seeking something up in heaven. But Jesus said in Luke, the 17th chapter, verse 21, Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. That's the kingdom that he asked you to seek. That kingdom that is in you, find out everything you can about the kingdom of God that is residing on the inside of you. Now, see, we found out some about it in one of the other sessions. Jesus said, pray that the kingdom of God come, the will of God be done in earth as it is in heaven. In other words, when the kingdom has come, it is possible for the will of God to be done in earth the same as it is in heaven. It's possible for that to happen. It wasn't possible for that to happen until the kingdom came. Now, I know that it's not that way. But you see, this kingdom of God that resides in you is no less powerful, no less capable of supplying every single human need that you have than the kingdom that will be set up in the New Jerusalem. It is part of the same kingdom. It's just a different manifestation of the kingdom. It is a spiritual manifestation of the kingdom of God, and it resides in the heart of every believer. That kingdom is no less powerful. It is capable of supplying every need. Now, if God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, then someone says, Why don't I have them? Faith is a substance of them. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance, it's a raw material. Faith is the ability to conceive the Word of God. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. That means things desired. What about hope? Hope is a goal setter. Hope has no ability to cause manifestation of the promise. But without hope, you'd give up. You must have hope. Let me give you an illustration. It's one of the best illustrations I've come up with that help you understand hope and faith. You see that box on that wall over there? That's called a thermostat. That thermostat is connected to the heart of a unit outside this building that is a central unit that produces the weather in this building, either hot or cold. Whatever you need, it'll produce it. It has the ability. It was designed by the fellow that engineered that thing to control the temperature of this building. Now, that unit out there, it may be on the roof or outside. It will not cook your food. It will not iron your clothes. It will not answer the telephone. It wasn't designed for that. It's designed for one reason. That is to control the weather inside this building. It was designed to do that. It knows how to do it. You don't have to fast and pray that it'll work. I mean, generally speaking, you don't. (laughs) But now you see, there's a goal setter on the wall. That thermostat is not the unit. It is a goal setter. Hope is a goal-setter. See, hope is up here in the head, in the natural realm. Hope is a goal-setter. But it has no power to cause the manifestation. In other words, you see some people do some things sometimes. There's always people that misunderstand the faith message. They go out and do squirrely things, and then the people think that's the way we taught it. There's always someone wanting to build a third story on a vacant lot. You can't do that. You have to start with the first story. You've got people trying to operate faith out of the head. With the heart men believeth. Paul says, you believe with the heart. You can't believe with your head the things you can believe with your heart. Now, that goal setter over there has some wires that is linked to the unit, the heart of the unit. Now, let's say that that goal setter is up here, you see, it's the brain. And it's connected to the Spirit, because Paul said that the righteousness which is of faith says the word is nigh thee, it's in your mouth and in your heart. You first get it in your mouth, then it gets in your heart. That's the way you get the word of God in you. You speak it there. It won't get there nearly as quick if you just hear somebody else say it, but when you go to saying it, that's why a confession of God's word is so important. Because you believe more quickly what you say than what anyone else says. And you see, the words you speak create images inside you, in the spirit man, in the heart, what the Bible calls the heart. You change the heart with your words. You speak it. The woman with the issue of blood. See, she'd spent all she had, was nothing better, rather grew worse. But when she heard about Jesus, what do you reckon she heard about Jesus? that he had authority over sickness and disease, and he is healing, folks. And she started saying, when I touch his clothes, I'll be restored to health. She had a girl worse image. I know she did. She testified of it. That's how they knew she had spent all she had, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. If you tried everything you could for 12 years and got worse, you'd have a girl worse image too. But she changed it with her words. She said, when I touch his clothes, I'll be restored to health. She dialed healing into the gold setter. She got it dialed in there. And when she got there and touched the hem of his garment, she was restored to health. Now somebody said, yeah, but you see, Jesus healed her. No, he didn't. No, Jesus said, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. He didn't even know she's there. Now the power flowed out of him. But you see, it was her faith that drew the power Power out of Jesus. It was her faith that caused it to flow. You know, it's like a wire. You could have an electric wire hanging down out of that light up there. And you could get on a rubber pad and grab that wire and say, There's no power here. You reach over and ground yourself, and your eyeballs may light up. See, faith grounds you. And she established a point of contact. And when she touched the hem of his garment, The power flowed into her. She changed the image with her words. And that power force, that power charge that was in Jesus went into her, and it healed her. Caused her to be well. For twelve years she had not been well. Then Jesus turned and said, Who touched me? And they said, Well, the multitude throngs thee. And you saying, Who touched me? Well, there's probably thousands of people touch Jesus. There's always somebody in that crowd, I'm sure, that just reach up there and touch Jesus to see if any sparks would fly. But there was no faith in it. No power flowed, see? Because there was no faith there. There was not that spiritual force to draw that power out of him. So they received nothing. But Jesus turned around and looking around saw her, and then she came and told him all the truth. See, it was not the fact that Jesus healed her by an act of his will. He didn't even know she's there. He said to the woman, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. It was her faith that caused the power to flow out of Jesus and changed her physical circumstance, and she was totally healed by the power of God. And it was her faith that caused it to happen. Now listen to this. Out of the 18 cases where Jesus had a miracle of healing are a great, mighty manifestation of God's power. Out of 12 of those, Jesus said, Thy faith has done it. It's their faith. The spiritual force that was inside them was able to draw the power of God out of Him. But He said it was their faith that did it. Can you say amen? Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now, before we leave the broadcast, our offer this week is book offer number 7502. It's called The Tongue Creative Force. 193-page paperback for $8 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $11. This book is the first book I authored in 1976. It deals with the power of words, and actually, you know, God created the universe with a spoken word. The Word of God received in the heart and formed with the tongue, spoken out of the mouth, becomes powerful to arrange and change situations. So the first chapter in this book is called Words. Then we have a chapter that's called Establishing the Word of God. You know, God's Word is forever settled in heaven, but what are you going to say about it? Are you going to establish God's Word here on earth? You know, the Word says, whatever you do will prosper. No weapon formed against you will prosper. But what are you going to say about it? So many times people say, well, you know, everything I do just doesn't work out. The devil just throws a monkey wrench in the deal. Well, Jesus said you could have what you say, and you're saying what you have. And if you keep saying what you have, you'll have what you say. One chapter is called Watch Your Words. You know, you have to set a watch on your mouth. Don't speak things that are contrary to the word of God because it causes fear to come. If you speak God's Word, it causes faith to come. One chapter is called God's Word is Truth. Did you know that God's Word does not just contain truth? It is the truth. And if you'll learn to operate in the Word of God and speak in line with the Word of God, you get the angels involved in your situation. Now, this book will help you understand how to talk and not get yourself in trouble. You know, if you find yourself in the hole, first thing, do quit digging. And some people are digging their hole and about to bury them in their own problems. That's offer number 7502. It's called the Tongue Creative Force. 193-page paperback for $8 plus $3 postage and handling. A total of $11. We have a toll-free order line. 1-877-396-9400. 1-877-396-9400 one 877 396 one 396 Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call one 396 or write Charles Capps.